It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! was incredible last night for three minutes of the football game. That's all it takes. Crazy. I, I swear to you, I, I it's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in sports. It is. And it's I so much more, hyperbole. No, it, it was awful. When you're talking about Tom Brady, there, there's no hyperbole. If they was, play good teams, they're not going to win. They it was, no, no, I don't think they are. But yeah. there's six, it's 16 to three with three minutes to go. In 57 minutes, they had scored three points, yeah. and they couldn't do anything right. Right. My mom and dad were out. We but, we went out to get food, and I talked to my dad, and we watched that game 16 to three. And I turned to him after the game after he had brought him back. I said, "How does this dude do that? It's, it's unbelievable. Crazy. It, it, it's I, unbelievable. It, was, it was also predictable though. Like but, I was watching it. And I'm kind like, of. I was like, he's gonna win this game. But you know, I I did think that I. In fact, I was texting with a buddy, and I go, "We're watching it." Right now, with our very eyes, we're watching Tom Brady get old, and he's ineffective. Mm-hmm. That was with about five minutes. Right. right. When he threw a fit that they decided to punt, which, by the way, was a brilliant decision mm-hmm. by by uh, by their head coach. Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. And I thought, God, they just punted the game away. There's no way they're going to get the ball back twice. Yeah. And the Saints had possessions of, like, 45 seconds and 21 seconds. Mm. And Tom Brady, who couldn't find the end zone the entire game, struggled against Cleveland twice in three minutes, had length of the field drives, touchdown drives to win the game. It was more, just unbelievable. More importantly, I did not watch the second half. Oh, I didn't wow. see any of it. However, what I found out this morning, which I didn't know, you know how they apparently Chris Godwin caught a touchdown, then they called it back? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because of that, they because of that touchdown got waved off. Earl beat me in fantasy. Well, I lost my game in fantasy because of it, too. You had Godwin? I had Godwin. Yeah. Well, that's I lost me, by four. Well, I lost by one and a half. Oh. I, I, I was winning in my fantasy draft. And I didn't see league. the hold, by the way. They showed the replay. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Was see a soft it. Call. Also, one thing with Brady, do you yeah. guys notice that they went down the field twice when they stopped calling plays and just let Brady run the offense? Listen. No I'm play He's earned that right. I'm, I'm that's really the only gl- time I'm, they've won. I'm really glad you said that because – can you call up on Tideboard, find the clip, Brady – Went yeah, give me one sec. off on his offense mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was. I think it was thirteen to three at this point. But he, I, I, I'm watching this going. I know we're watching a meltdown in real time. I was, and I'm watching that with Stephanie too. And I've said to myself, or I said to her, I go, you know, what's really funny is he's yelling at a receiver right now who wasn't born when he started playing in this he league. He wasn't. <laughs> he's got five or six teammates that weren't born when uh-huh. he came into the league. Just imagine having Tom Brady screaming at you like that. You watched him your whole life, and now he's <laughs> telling you you failed and, on I public mean, television. He absolutely yeah. was going in, and you know, I don't even know that it was warranted. Because I had I have Godwin and Evans. Yeah, I have both. Of them. And because I, I have them. both, I watch Brady. I watch him every game. Yeah, I right. watched his throws. Here, here he is on the sidelines. He is 
absolutely laying No matter into what he's thing. saying, though, whatever words he's saying, what he's really saying is, why am I getting old? Why am I getting old? I'm supposed to defy time. Why am I getting well, old? Whatever this, it was, it worked. Yeah. Because, now, again, I've yeah. been watching all of his throws. Yeah. He's just not Tom Brady. He, he just no. isn't. He's gotten old. I don't think uh, Steve Young did a great piece about quarterbacks getting old and retiring yeah. before the broadcast. I love Steve. He's a great guy. He's really a, a smart guy, and the piece was very well written. It was from his perspective on walking away from a game. Sure. He, he, he likened it to, to dying. Sure. He said it's like death for a lot of people. And you heard from Elway in it. You heard from Manning, who was crying, all their retirement announcements. And they said, yeah. coming out of the piece, he's staring this in the face. And Steve said, but I got to tell you something. I just watched him throw a 25-yard, a 35-yard out better than a 25-year-old quarterback can do it. He's going to get there, meaning I'm done, not because of the physical part. It's because all of the mental stuff that mm-hmm. beats you down. And then I'm watching him, and I'm thinking yeah. back to Steve's piece, and I'm like, we're watching it. This is it. This is, And I think it is it. I do yeah. think that this is the end of Tom Brady. But he still has his moments. But Against the Rams on primetime earlier this year and a yeah. national game earlier this year, he came back and did the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. It, it was He grabbed victory from the jaws of defeat. Right. It makes the Browns' victory against them look even better yes, to me. Yes, it does. And by because the, we did that to him, yeah, and nobody true. does that yeah, to he's, him. He's not done. Uh, I'll, I'll you don't think it. he's done? No. I'd be surprised I, I, if he they're just back. They're lucky they're in a bad division, well, or they'd have no chance well, well, Here's playoffs. the thing. I, I look at all these quarterbacks, yeah. and – I'm looking at seven, eight quarterbacks that I could say, if he's done, they're finished. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers Aaron is Rodgers done. Is mm-hmm. done. Russell, I think Aaron Russell, Rodgers is done, too. R- Russell Wilson is finished. Yep. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson's look like trash. Uh, well, wow, I don't I don't think Lamar Jackson's played as bad as those guys. No, oh, but yeah. I'm just saying the quarterback yeah. play in general is and not And Lamar Jackson's got nothing around him. Nothing. No, nothing. He doesn't. But I, I will this say is the ultimate Cleveland yeah. sports show, and I, yeah. I, I didn't want to take us oh, yeah, too far down that rabbit hole. Oh, hi. Welcome. But ultimately, where I wanted to go was... That win by the Browns looks even better to me because Beautiful. that yeah. Bucks defense is legit, mm-hmm. and it's still freaking Tom Brady. Yeah, but he, he wasn't going to lose two of those it. against bad teams like us. Like we're not a great team. He was he was good. He wasn't going to lose to us and the Saints. I felt like that's that, why I was more confident. And that, the Rams. And the Rams. He came back against the Rams and the Saints, but he yeah. couldn't do it against that, us. That win is the only thing we could hang our hat on is saying why we think they. Can well, that's the not true. You're right. Well, the, they, they beat the Bengals, but who are much better than the new Bengals. Yeah. That's the only reason we're going to talk yeah. a lot about the Bengals Browns matchup. Yeah. The history, the recent history of this matchup is is crazy. It's weird. It's one sided, and you can't say that a Brown, a, a, about a Browns matchup against anybody in the division. That's yeah. someone that they see twice a year. But the numbers don't lie. They are seven and two in their last nine games against the Bengals, and that includes wins by Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens, and Kevin Stefanski. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've got to be the only team that all four of those coaches beat. Yeah, I mean, I think Hugh Jackson had like what and, two and wins. If you, if, you, if you go back, <laughs> he only had one win, right? Hugh Jackson had one win. No, he had well, one. Well, he had one win had, in that season. Yeah, and if you, you know, go back, he was I, fired into the 18 season, and he had a couple of wins, two and three. I, I, I believe Mike Pettin got a win in, in Cincinnati when Brian Hoyer was Mike there. Pet, maybe so put him at seven and four in October. Yeah. Wow. We're going to talk about that. Clay yeah. Matthews is on the show today. Nice. Yes, he is. I love Clay the Matthews. One. He was one of my favorite players when I was a kid. He looked like Tarzan, and he played like Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, he was just incredible. Of course, Jen Matthews joins us every other week with Browns trivia. She'll ask trivia questions about the Browns' upcoming opponent, which is the Bengals. Yeah. And I'm glad that Clay's going to be along with her, her right. dad, because I hope some of the games involved him. 
Sure. It's the like game epic is games heavily against the involved with Clay Jr., yeah. by the way. By the way, sure. why is my but, cutting stickers here? What is happening? I don't know what he's doing over there. I'm <laughs> crafting for a project after this. <laughs> it looks like he's cutting school pictures. Is it bothering you that much? I'm just curious. I, I, I think it's that's told, not bothering me at all. I think it's totally cool doing here. that he's knitting a sweater, making a... It's on brand. I'm crafting. Yeah, a bulletin board. And he's just saying... You know, Mike is a creative soul. Mm. You he can't model right? that. And he's no, you can't. Where? Gotta let us. Gotta stay busy. You know you, what I mean. Wait, wait, so Jay, before, you, before you. you go on. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Polk and Clay Matthews Jr. Yes. Mike, you had mentioned Masters of the Gridiron. Yes. Well, we all watched it this morning. Good. No, it's about time. Anthony Earl. We had a. The whole thing. It's 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh, it's only 15 minutes. It's, it's about short. time. It is a very. Short. I've actually never seen it. I didn't know it was. Yeah. That it's shameful. It's on YouTube. Listen, what? we have questions we need to ask about this because... Well, you'll have to ask them because none of us have seen it, I don't think. I don't Everything Polk said is. about it was spot on. It yeah. is the best terrible, horrendous... It is. It'll make you want to gouge your eyes out but laugh. I have it a lot of thoughts on it. hysterically bad in a good way. Wow. And it was I, awesome. I wonder if bad. we could get the rights to roll all 15 minutes of it on our show. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I think our fans would like Mike, to see it. Mike Babb and his wife own it. I don't think that they would mind so much if we aired it. I don't think that no. like Cinemax we is knocking down the door or anything. We could ask Mike and his wife. They're not, like, yeah. we have a, they're not like, we have a deal with Netflix. It's exclusive. <laughs> like, it's on YouTube. I think I put it By up. the way, Mike Polk is probably is the only person on the planet that would know who owns the rights to it. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, it's great. great, though. We'll talk about it. Uh, Aditi's going to be on the show. We'll get her thoughts or wrap-up thoughts on Sunday's game. She's great. Works yeah. She did a great job. Yep. She did a great job. She did. She was so nervous about how this was going to be handled with yeah. the Deshaun Watson thing. It really, guys, became a it non-story. Was, it because was a non-story. There was no fans. Nobody was I, I think fans. it's going to be significantly worse this week. I'm like, oh, yeah, This totally. will be way yeah. worse because it's yeah. in the division. The place will be packed. It'll be his worst. It'll be his yeah. worst game of the year. Like, uh, probably total coming back. I mean, this will Maybe be his worst. Maybe Pittsburgh. No, because they've got they they got the Ben history. So yeah, that's, they got to be it's too hypocritical. Yeah, but they, all fans are hypocrites. We're all hypocrites. Yeah, I, it's just gonna hurt. It's gonna he, sound not as the bad. The Bengals have Joe Mixon. I mean, it will sound worse. It'll sound worse coming from Cincinnati because yeah. they've got Joe they've got Joe Burrow like the the Boy Scout nicest quarter yeah. quarterback of all yeah, he's time. He's never done anything wrong. He's like, he's like he giving ladies across the street. He's just giving turkeys to people in the stand on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and and, and, I, never, and I, I never, I don't you feel like this is kind of disrespectful. If you are a lower income individual, right, mm-hmm. you handing out turkeys, how do you assume that that person has a stove right. and or gas or electric Give a cook turkey. Yeah. So cook a turkey. Well, hopefully, decide. maybe yeah. you know here. someone that does have a cooking facility. Yeah. Here, have this chore. Yeah, here. Take I'd the, be like, can I get and a prime rib instead? Of my laundry, <laughs> turkey sucks. This is the worst. This is what you're giving me. Yeah. Yeah. No sides. Robots <laughs> athletes from now on to just give out prime rib. Prime rib, uh-huh. prime rib or, or or rent out a restaurant and say we're gonna have y'all eat whatever y'all want for yeah. three hours. Okay. But well, now that's yeah. Chinese well, little Chinese buffet. How about that? Yeah. Restaurant <laughs> that in Ohio City. Um, uh, town Town Hall does that. Yes. And and. I saw that Miles Garrett and his mom were down there this year. He always gets a lot of Browns. He had some Bucket players, I think. And Mm -hmm. they opened the joint up, and it's free food, free eating for anybody that wants to come there all best. Yeah. That's what you need. Then I've helped dish out those meals, so I've eaten one before. Yeah. Yeah. It's delicious. Yep. I mean, their food is really good. Okay, so let's get into the show. And we're talking about the Bengals and the Browns, obviously. We talked a little bit about the domination. I mentioned they're 7-2 in their last nine against the Stripes. I don't even know how that's, that's a thing. But this Bengals team has been very, very good for four, four of those games. I can two. look at the no four of the games total this year. It was a good Bengals team they beat this year. Yeah, two of the games last year they, they last was, year the first one right, and this was year really the first good. One. So it's two games. and two years ago they weren't a bad team. No, they 
They were. It was Burrow's rookie <coughs> year. They they finished with the fifth worst record in the league. Oh, they did. I thought yeah. they were better than that. Yeah, they're pretty bad. That's why they got chased. Yeah, That's why they I, got he got, chased, he got, he yeah. got so hurt. I, I had the numbers. He got hurt. Stefanski yeah. is four and one against uh, against Cincinnati. He lost his first game, 35-30. That was in uh, September of 2020. Then he won 37-34. That was at Cincinnati. That was in 2020 as well. 21, 41-17. That was that to me is the most impressive Browns victory that we've seen. In, in a number yeah. of years. Well, in my 20, no, tw- he, Stefanski didn't, hasn't lost to the Bengals. He lost. In Joe se- Burrow hasn't beaten the, the Browns. Maybe he's Joe Burrow not playing. September 17th in that game? of 2020. Who, maybe he, wasn't, maybe he was out home. by then? No, that was his rookie year. No, what I'm saying is, when he in, was he injured by that point? No. Okay. Well, he, was, right. he didn't play in the game when Case Keenum played. No. Well, Burrow, right, but the Browns won that game. Yeah, they yeah. did. September 17th, 2020, the Bengals beat the Browns 35-30. I don't have all this memorized. I was just trying to be okay. helpful. But, but, but <laughs> I got in the body. second uh-huh. game <laughs> in October, in Cincinnati, the Browns won. The Browns won in Cincinnati last year. That was the last game of the year, and they were playing most of their backups. No, no, no. They, this, I thought the win in Cincinnati was the f- first one last year the, against Burrow and the starters. Cool. You're right. It was it 41-17. Was. Right. Yeah, and then they won 32-13 in Cincinnati this year. Some of these wins aren't even close. No, at right. home this year. At home, that was at home. home. I'm yeah. sorry, at Cleveland. Yeah. So I mean, some of these games aren't even close. Right. No. They 19 points this year, 24 points last year at Cincinnati. What the hell is it with this? How are they beating a really? Good... Is it kind of like the Bengals and the Chiefs gimmick, where the Chiefs have lost like two games not to the Bengals over the last right. two years? But they're now 0-3 against the Bengals in 2022. The, the reason, the reason why the, the Browns play, the reason why Browns, uh, you know, match up very well uh, with the Bengals is the, the Bengals really don't. They they kind of become the Browns. They don't stick to what they should do. Like in this game, I think they have a pronounced uh, advantage up front. I think if the Bengals came in. And said, "Hey, offensively, offensively, this is a mixing P Ryan game. Screens, we're gonna move the sticks. We take an, you know, an additional <coughs> couple of deep shots. But other than that, it's it's handoff game because they can't stop us. But it's so doggone hard to to have Jamar Chase, yeah, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and ignore them. And ignore why are they able to a, ignore it? Why are they? Why can't? Why is that just against us? The why, Chargers did it. But why? Yeah. So why are they? Why with just us are the Bengals just like we just can't stick to the game plan? We don't know. Whatever, it works with everybody else. But why? Why do we do that well, to them? It, well, here's, here's because a, it's a divisional it's a, game and they're putting too much pressure on themselves. Well, it's it's hard in general because sometimes that passing attack game is what you should do. Like if you're watching them play the Chiefs, they match up very well against the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Because the Chiefs know that they can score. They can score right with you. So it ain't no like, is the Chiefs for playing the Browns? It's a methodical game. The Browns are going to play keep away. And Burrow, or, or excuse me, uh, uh, you, you know, you, you got Patrick Mahomes. Who senses that? He's like, if you give me the ball with two minutes left, you're dead. Right. Mm-hmm. The Bengals, they don't, they don't play into that. And they have two defensive ends that can get after them. But my thing is, sometimes the Bengals just don't play up to what they're supposed to against the Browns. And maybe it's, it was one of those things where they think they should beat the Browns or, it, it, you know, they take them lightly. It's like they look past the Browns. I, we should be able to win. And hey, we have I, some uh, real quick before you go. 
Jay, I just want to clarify yeah. something you said earlier. Yeah. The Browns have won five in a row against the five Bears. in a row. So they did beat them 30, 35-30 was a Browns win. Browns win. Has Somehow not, I looked that up as a loss. So it's five in a row. It's five in a, that's five in a row. Eight of the last nine. Stefanski has not lost to the yeah, Bears. What's funny is before that, the Bengals had beaten the Browns eight in a row. Right. Before the eight mm-hmm. I remember that. Uh, well, those were the Brown, that's when the Browns were awful. Right. These, but some of these wins have come against good Cincinnati teams. So, yep. here's there's a couple of things that, to me, of why the Browns have had success. And this game in particular, and we were talking before the show, I think this would be the most impressive regular season win of the Stefanski era. Not the, necessarily the most important because you beat the Steelers to get into the playoff, mm-hmm. but that was a Steeler team well, that was playing back in a playoff game. No, 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 I'm saying regular season, regular game. season, regular game. season game. Yeah. So the best wins of the Stefanski era to me are two, the two wins against the Bengals. The one first last year, the first one this year, the win over the Titans in 2020 was a really good win. That was a good, really good Titans yeah, team. It was. Uh, and that led their way to getting into the playoffs, eventually beating the Steelers. So first of all, there's a couple of reasons why the, Personally, I think it's just that they've got these two wins. Some of it's just it's football. One team beats the other. Mm -hmm. But here's a couple of things. The the Browns have had a big advantage over the Bengals in the trenches. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's been a big edge that the Browns have had in these matchups. And this, to me, is the first time they've played where the Browns do not have that edge. The Bengals' offensive line, which was horrible last year and was horrible to start this season because they had four new starters, is now playing very well. Right. If you look at their starting week four or five, I bet you they're a top 15 offensive line. Mm-hmm. If you look at the the analytics, because how they're not giving up many sacks anymore. Early in the season, they were giving up a ton of sacks, just like last year. It's not happening. The Chiefs didn't get barely touched Joe Burrow the whole game. The Steelers, remember, first time the Bengals played the Steelers, Steelers killed Burrow. Mm-hmm. Second time, they barely touched him. So that's the difference. Whereas we got considerably worse since we played them last right. in the offensive line department. Yes, the Bengals offensive line got better. Let's look at the other way. Mm-hmm. When the Browns played the Bengals the first time this year, the Bengals did not have D.J. Reader, who is one of the best run-stopping defensive tackles in the league. They were also without Chase, weren't they? They yes. were also without Chase. To me, that's the difference. They have both of those guys back. Yeah. They also have Mixon back. They, Mixon did play in that first game. He did play. But he is back, although Samaj P. Ryan's They just put really a lid well. on Chase, or on, on, uh, on Mixon. Somehow. The next week, he went they for did. like 250. They yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They didn't run. So, here's the thing. So, I... And the Browns' offensive line, I think we'd all agree, is playing its worst football in years the last few weeks. Last they're couple beat, of years. They are very beat up, too. Yeah, though, right? beat I mean, up. We got, of course, there's reasons yeah, for it. Right. But they're still not playing nearly True. as well right. as they did last year. So when time. I look at it, I see the Bengals' D-line against the Browns' O-line, which has always been an advantage for the Browns, is, in my opinion, an advantage for the Bengals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see the Bengals' O-line versus the Browns' D-line. Even with the Browns' D-line struggles, 
That's been an advantage. Maybe slight for the Browns. Sure. But at least they had Miles Garrett and the Bengals' O-line is terrible. Now I think it's an advantage for the Bengals. You do. I, I do. Um, I There's nothing to point to for the Browns to win this game beyond they've History. had their number. Yeah. Here's, Especially when you look at how Deshaun Watson played Sunday right, in Houston. Right. Like, I, you said it on the call this that morning. That didn't inspire I, confidence I, I, I in you? No. <laughs> I couldn't b- agree with you more. On the surface, it sounds like we're nuts. Yeah. But in this moment, this team's just better with Jacoby at quarterback. Yeah. And you can yeah. throw arrows and darts all you want. I'm not saying that Jacoby's a better quarterback. No. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is he fits in like a well-oiled part. And the machine moves. And then you take the biggest part of that machine in, and you throw a dry piece in that hasn't seen oil in two years, and the machine breaks down. I don't think it's a bad argument. I disagree. I understand the argument, certainly based on what Deshaun Watson played like in the first game. That's that's all I'm judging it on, by the way. Obviously, you have to play. Don't hit me up and say, well, Joe Crawford just said that Watson's not as good as Jacoby. No. That's not what I'm saying. I say right no, now. Nobody thinks you're saying. And you have to play moment, Watson yeah. because you got to get him ready of for next year. Of course you have to. You have to play him. There's no. And I'm not suggesting no that they don't. Right. But I get what my you're eye saying. test says our offense, and and I can only imagine what Jacoby's thinking while the defense and special teams are balling out. He has to be watching this uh-huh. going, What in the hell am I looking at? And where was that when I was out there? Right. Pardon? They played like ass when he was out there. Yeah. yeah. I just think I just think Watson ultimately still has that upside that that Brissett doesn't have. I agree with that. I, and so that's why I would. How I, long is it going to take him though? I don't know. I compare it to running a maze. If you're yeah. running a maze in the dark and Jacoby's Brissett has already ran a maze and has a torch and you ask him to run it again and race Deshaun Watson, yeah. he's going to be Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. Because he's already been through the maze. He's yeah, following, yeah, yeah. He, he knows, even he's not more athletic. Right. He, this this metaphor be, is very vivid, and I like two it. Other yeah, things. I like it, too. It's I can, really good. I can see it Guys, happening in real time. Right. Two other things about this matchup <laughs> to, to look out for, right? Number one, we've complained a lot that the Browns play a lot of zone, right? They don't yeah. man-to-man. Right. Against the Bengals, you have to play zone. And that's, right. why, that's I mean, part of the reason. The Chiefs play all-man you can't man up against the Bengals receiving Not court. for an entire Nobody game. can do it. No. There's no group of corners that are good enough consistently if you're playing man. And they, they're not as good against zone. Uh, we don't think the Browns are going to do that, if you, though. If you look at Burrow's mm-hmm. numbers against man, man, it, it's absurd. It's absurd. Right. His run numbers. He just picks them apart. And another thing, in both of the two, in the, in the win last year in Cincinnati and the win earlier this year in Cleveland, the Bengals had a turnover on their first possession. You're right. Which mm. really got Sets the momentum going and, and, for the Browns. Two, or, uh, two games ago, it was after a wonderful drive right. by the Bengals. They got all the way to the doorstep, and, yep. Yep. and Denzel stepped pick in front six. and took the pick six. Yeah, we just need that to happen again. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> if we get yeah. that to happen again, we're all set. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah. with you, Bull. I don't see a way in that world. I, and the by the way, all of that win. being said, I think all the advantages are for the Bengals. I still think it's a toss-up game. I agree. Because, well, it's a divisional game. Because it's a divisional game. And there's something to be said in your head. Now, Burrow's probably as mentally tough as anybody, but if they make a mistake early, you start thinking, oh, we can't get it right against Burrow's so good, man. Yeah. I don't I, think I he's intimidated by it. No, I don't think you he's You know, but some of the other players might be. They might believe in that hex. Yeah. Yeah. I, believe- I think they're really anxious to put that monkey to, to get the monkey not just off the bat, yeah. but to kill it. They don't want to hear about it anymore. This, they don't. If the Browns win, it cements the Browns own the oh. Bengals. They it's own, they're living in their head. It's right now. Yeah. If the Bengals win, then it goes away. And by the way, if the Browns win, we talk about their playoff chances yeah. every week. They're still at 3%. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how, right. but they're still at – you know, I thought after a win, they would go up. It didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. They're still mathematically at 3%. If they win, they go up to 14%. Hey. 
And then right. when you start looking down the road, Baltimore, who knows with Lamar. Right. And the other four games are extremely winnable. Now, he's, he's as G. Bush is saying, Kool-Aid. Have that Kool-Aid. All I'm going to say to remind you is that was the sourest drink of Kool-Aid yeah, it, it, I've ever had. And, and it was lukewarm, too. Yeah, it, it was, was warm. It was out in the it sun. Was, there, was no, there was no sugar in it. And, uh-uh. and, and yeah. It was Nutri-Sweet. I had to use. Not even Nutri-Sweet. I had to, I had to yeah. use natural uh, uh, sweeteners, like. Random honey and lemon. Oh, and by no. the way, that is not a substitute. Don't invite me over to your house and put honey on something. People do that and be to you. like, yeah, this is a natural. No snacks should be natural. That's not a snacks friend. Snacks are fruit snacks. Yes. Snacks are <laughs> chips and cookies Absolutely. and pies. Don't and they have real sugar artificial and chemicals. Cream, chemicals. Cream, hey, you know, me and Bull will be mad. They like, we're gonna have a pizza party. We get here for school. <laughs> I've been good all damn nine weeks. Yep. And you tell me we got a pizza party and you give me one slice of cheese pizza. Yeah, that's Where's the meat at? <laughs> Just because Susie don't Where's want the no, reward. I want Why they even read these books? Only cheese, no veg. What I yeah, eat believe meat. Susie. Believe yeah. her. It is Susie. And a handful of pot. By the way, I'm starving. I did not eat it. I know, don't eat pizza right now. I think we all could eat it. I usually eat breakfast. I did not eat breakfast. I don't know. Are you gonna be okay? No birthday. I think I'll make no it. Birthday. Can we get uh can we, can can we get a built bar? Can we get a built bar out here for I'd a rather bar? have a pizza? Yeah, built bar. You know what? It is on you for not eating your built bar this morning, because as we've told you time and time before, not only is built bar delicious, it sticks to your ribs, fills you up, you won't be hungry for four. <laughs> I had two on the way here. I went to the dentist I'm, this morning for my cleaning. I don't like to eat in the yeah, morning. You know what, to be I thought your teeth looked cleaner today. Of course. I wasn't well, sure why, but now I know. I had two built bars on the way here. I don't need to eat until Saturday. No. And do you notice Polk's looking extra bulky Polk's today? on the, the, the built bar diet. Thank that's you. That's why he's cutting stickers on set for a yep, different that's show. that's my workout. Trying to flex. And if you want to flex just like Mr. Polk at tonight, are you going to the Cavs game tonight, Polk? No, I can't. I got plans. But he's I'm watching. Plans. But he'll be watching. So if you yeah. want to be Mike Polk impersonator, use promo code LOCKDOWN15. Get mm. 15% off your built bars. And you could be jacked like Mr. Polk. By mm-hmm. the way, I, I'm at the dentist. Shout out to Kristen, who's my dental hygienist. She's awesome. She did a great job. Love this. Yeah, they look great. <laughs> Love her work. <laughs> and then my doctor is Dr. Dowd. So my, do- my dentist. Dr. what? Dr. Dowd. D-A-O-D-D. Okay, Dr. Dowd. Great name. She is this tiny little woman. Yeah. She's awesome. My favorite yeah. dentist I've ever had. And wow. one of my good friends was my dentist in New Jersey. I like her much better. <laughs> oh, there it is. Zoom in for that close-up. Uh-huh. Not bad. Not bad. No, I but think anyway, grubby beard. Uh, so anyway, so she comes in, and I hadn't seen her. You know, I hadn't been there like four. I go every three months normally, but because of COVID, I had to push back. Yeah. So wow. You every three months? A year? Yeah, I got, I got gum issues. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want that Doesn't matter. I, I, I like how he I got gum issues. I floss. And do the water pick. You know what? Three times a day. It's genetic. I people just get a bad hand. It's not fair. So my doc. So I hadn't seen my doctor in like uh, it's probably been like five months since I seen her. Mm-hmm. So she's I'm the tiniest thing. Like she's probably like four ten. Oh right? wow. And probably like <laughs> is like sorry. eighty pounds or something. Jeez. But so you should, she she repels down she into your mouth today. <laughs> and goes in there with like a miner's hat and on. She, and she had a pregnant belly. But I'm like, I ain't saying, yeah, like, don't, can't risk it's it. the most obvious pregnant woman because she was the, the tiniest woman. Still can't risk yeah, it. And I was like, I'm that. not saying anything. Could be a tumor. Ask anything big going on in your life? Well, she says to me, she goes, well, next time you come, I'm going to be on paternity, maternity leave. You might see my husband. Perfect. Still not safe. And I was like, oh, I'm glad you told me that because I didn't want to ask. I still, I still, <laughs> I still, I still, I started laughing. She started laughing. How far along is she? Probably like eight months. Eight months. Yeah. Or, yeah. She's doing I January. Love, I love that Bull follows that etiquette because I, I have done that before. Yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. And you, for the rest of your life, that relationship with yeah. the person mm-hmm. is, is done. Screwed. It's yeah. done. Screwed. 
We had someone in here once nice. that was pregnant, but I wasn't asking her. You can't. Yeah. yeah. No I mean, chance. the baby can. You can she could be an arm hanging out. Yes. yes. And you I'm still the son. I'm like, not risking it. You can't it. say anything. Might just yes. be gas. Hey, I don't look at no. I don't look at no woman below the neck. Yeah, it don't even look. Here. That it's is not, not true. They got invisible bodies of computers. Not true. Far, far right. as I'm concerned, that is false. Hey, listen. I, you, <laughs> hey, allegedly. That's I, the way you got to roll, though, man. Because you cannot. That's one of the worst mistakes you can make, though. That's oh the biggest social doing faux pas you can make. Yeah, I see that. What do you expect? I see Slap. I yep. seen a doctor take an L the wrong way. He say, like, "Hey, I like your pants." She was like, "Why are you looking at my pants?" Uh, you, can't. you can't. I said, "That's a good question." Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. All Just right, keep so your we, eyes we up, everyone. Around this Bengals-Browns dominance, but yeah. Mike, you haven't really weighed in a lot on. This. I think it's a statistical anomaly for you the do? most part. I really do. So I think it's going to be math. a regression to the mean. I do. I think that yeah. I think eventually it's going to. It'll end up evening out. I think right now we have you know, but I just uh, I'm I think that it's. I don't believe in hexes. I don't believe that we actually have some secret sauce against one particular team. I think that it has been an impressive run and it's crazy. It, especially if you look at the manner in which we've dominated it for the most part. Especially but, that they went to the Super Bowl. Last yes, exactly. Year. This isn't a, you know, but and almost I, won the Super I, Bowl. I just feel that these things all even out. And I again, I agree with Bull though. Is there's so many factors in here that we just aren't aware of. We don't know what Deshaun's going to look like in this next game. Right. Like we, so he might. I, I don't. I don't. Nothing showed us that he's yeah. going to come and ball out or anything like that. I think it's going to be a slow progression. Like he said, I think he's going to get through the maze a little bit faster this time with his torch. Yeah. Still loving that metaphor. He's going to be like, oh yeah, turn left here. Yeah. Last time I hit a wall here, I should go this way instead. Right. But it's still going to be. He still doesn't know his way through that I, maze yet, and we're not going to see him dashing through it. Yeah. If, if he plays like, it's if, if he plays anywhere close to the way he did last week, they got no. Chance. I, I, right. I know you guys kicked it over yesterday, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I yeah. was not here. Um, I'll just throw my two cents in. Yeah. I was, you know, we talked earlier in the week. Do we, yeah. What kind of rust do we expect? Yeah. I said he's going to be rusty. He hasn't played in two years, yeah. of course. I didn't think he was going to be this bad. Yeah. He was worse than I thought he was going <laughs> to yeah. be yeah. by a long time. Oh. I mean, and you and I were the only ones saying he was going to be rusty. Everybody else was yeah. like, Man. yeah. G Bush and said no rust. No way could we have possibly thought he'd be tops, that bad. Tops halftime. That's yeah. just, I mean, Tops. you can't really play any worse than that. You can't. You know, I mean, I, you I just think can't. It, I think it was so much of it was mental. I think, think about the two years of the news and everything he's been hearing and right. all these fans and all the expectations and how many people he thinks yeah. hate him and he wants to be loved and he, you know, he thinks that he got screwed over and he thinks that in all these things crashing down with you, trying to remember how to play football at the, right. at the highest level. And I think that we found out he's human. When in the same way that appear, Mike, in I, your mind? I think like, he, when does that become the well, there's normal a reason background that, noise? You know this. There's a reason that they went and got they got this dude, this some this guy, and they sacrificed so much for him, including some of the moral integrity of their fan base, according to many. And that's because he is one of the elite performers who can actually do this at this level and take you to a Super Bowl. And I think that he will eventually recall that, but I think it's a process. Here, here's what's interesting to me, and I'm not suggesting for a second that this is going to happen, but it certainly has to be through thrown into the conversation because I think you're right. The cost to get him was immense, perhaps as much. I think very easily as much as the price to get any player in the history of the sport. Mm -hmm. When you think of the draft picks, the money and the moral integrity that they gave away to get him. What, what's interesting to me is, and someone brought this up originally to me two weeks ago and I dismissed it. I'm like, there's not a chance. But after watching him Sunday, I'm like, well, I guess there's always a chance. The NFL, crazy things happen in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Players who could ball and were pro bowlers all of a sudden are out of the league. Right. We've seen that happen with RG3. Now, granted, his was an injury, but Deshaun Watson has had that same injury twice. Yeah. Um, but my buddy said, what if he's Russell Wilson? 
Now, yeah. in Russell's case, I think his decline was age. I just had a chill good yes. on my back but, when he said that. But you know what? At the same Ooh. time, when we last Ooh. saw Russell Wilson, he looked like Russell Wilson. Yeah, he looked good. And a lot has happened in the offseason. And all of a sudden, this dude just forgot how to play. And uh, he's, I know he's a couple years older than mm -hmm. Russ, but we have to remember that guys like RG3 and Colin Kaepernick, now he had some extenuating circumstances too, mm -hmm. but who were competing and succeeding at a very high level in this league, and you blink, and they're gone. Jay, any, anything's possible. What I would say, though, is... I just is, hope that's not him. I don't think any of those comparisons are applicable because RG3 and Colin Kaepernick were flashes in the pan. Now, doesn't right. mean that they couldn't have stayed in the league, but they weren't even close, in my opinion, No, but they did wise. have... It was more than... They did it for more than one season. RG3 was one season. And then he one got hurt. Great yeah. elite season, yeah. and then he had the injury. And Kaepernick had one good season, really. He was a starter for a number of years, though, Bull. I, I mean, was he? Yeah. How he many was. years was he a starter? Let's look it up. Maybe I, three. I think he was started I think that three long. Years. But he wasn't that good years. after that first year. You know, Deshaun Watson. I'm not. Well, and by the way, Bull, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm I know not, you're not saying it's going to happen. Pretending that's going to happen. We're just talking any, about our nightmare listen, scenario. Anything's possible. <laughs> because that's what Cleveland fans do. Obviously, Russell Wilson is older than Deshaun Watson. Yeah. If Deshaun Watson were 33, 34, I'd be more concerned about My buddy about framed that. the argument like this. He said, Russell's, I don't know if this is true. I didn't look it up. He said, Russell's 13 years younger than Tom Brady. Now, I know everybody ages differently. Yeah. yeah. And so, because I said, well, Russell's getting old. And, he, and yeah. that's when he said, he's 13 years 13. younger than Tom Brady. <laughs> and I'm like, God dang. And that then, I'm watching last night, I'm watching the Manning cast for a bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, Eli's younger than... Tom. Yeah. And Tom's won a couple Super Bowls since Eli's retired. I think we have to and stop using him as a comparison to yeah, anything. Yeah, Tom anybody. Right, anyone. I know. But I, my, my point is. Although, like, uh, he's I, older I, than me. But here's, here's why I say this. My buddy was saying, I'm not sure that what we're seeing with Russell is age. I think it's he like Baker. It. I think it's up here. And so. Well, we were seeing a decline from Russell Wilson last year. Russell was good last year. What were Russell Wilson's numbers last year? Uh, Touchdowns to picks. He was okay last year. He had a year. terrible offensive line, the which second is why half, he wanted out. The second half of last year, and by the way, he had really good weapons. Well, he, he had, had a great good, wide, he receivers. Had a good wide receiver. He, he had two used, good wide receivers. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been Decent. impressed with their running game in a long time. Yeah, they were one-dimensional. Well, their running game is awesome now with Kenneth Walker. Yeah, but, no, no. You, but you I'm talking about last year. Years. Yeah. The numbers are impressive. He had a good year. But they were good. He had 25 touchdowns, six interceptions. Okay, that's that's by any strand standard, mm -hmm. that's a okay. good year. Look yeah. Mike, yeah. take a look at like the last eight, nine games. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It, it, was, was, terrible. it was not. He was not um, good the second half of the season. Then read us all Colin Kaepernick's stats ever since he got in the league. We want all this stuff right now, Mike. It, Mike can get him. <laughs> no, real but, quick, but real my quick. point so, is, like, I, my buddy said, I don't know with Jay, just that it's age. It could be. Yeah, it could be in the head. Everything that he went through. Go ahead. To Bull's point. <laughs> no, his last four games. Oh no, I'm looking at it backwards. Yeah. No, his it, he was fine. He had. Uh, I mean, if you're his, 25 and six, you had a good year. That, that that's not yeah. a good year. That's in his, that's in his really final three games, he threw nine touchdowns and one interception. So. Yeah, so he was great. Can't so, but, but here's my point. Eh, wasn't great. My buddy was making the but. case that Russell went through a lot in the off season, a whole lot, mm -hmm. and he opened by going back to Seattle, and it didn't go well. And my buddy said he responded accordingly and has folded like an accordion. Yeah. And then he brought up the Baker Mayfield comparison. He said, just like your buddy Baker, Baker 
goes to Carolina. Then we come and get him. Talking his shit with the, <laughs> talking his trash with the. That's better. Clean it up. Baker unleashed yeah. and all that nonsense. Out of here. And he goes, he actually bowled out, proving that he can still play. At the end of the game, he brought them back. And then they lost on a 58-yard field goal, and your boy folded like an accordion. He's broken. And he, and he says it's hey, all listen, up here. Anything's possible. Nobody can judge. Nobody knows what's going on in somebody's head, right? right. That could negatively affect them forever. Maybe he's not going to be the same player right. because of that. I, I just Entirely think it's worth possible. I, I would argue that even Russell Wilson included, that Deshaun Watson is way more talented than these other guys we've mentioned, and I think he's more talented than Russell Wilson by a good deal. You do? I, I do. Even because I, Russell Wilson got brought into a team that was had an elite defense and an elite running game when he first came there it was a soft start for him. Let me ask Aditi. Aditi, judging just the resumes for all their careers, and I know Russell's got a bigger resume and he won a Super Bowl. Do you, do you agree with what Bull just said that he believes Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson? Not necessarily now, but better at his peak than Russell was at his peak. Because I don't believe um, that. I, I think it, you don't believe that? I don't. No. I think I think if you asked every NFL team, off the field stuff aside, if that yeah. didn't exist. Right. If you asked every NFL team, would you rather have Deshaun Watson at 26 or Russell Wilson at 26? I don't think there's a team that would take Russell Wilson. I don't know that for a fact, but I bet you that's true. You know, it's so here's what I'd say, guys. I think that, you know, covering this league for 15 years, I think evaluating a quarterback in a silo is probably, or a vacuum, I don't know what the right phrase is there, is probably the hardest thing to do. Yeah, it is for sure. It's, you know, Russell Wilson played with an amazing defense. And I'll just say this it's not even about the defense and the run game and the O-line. It's the way an offense can play based on the way a defense plays or the way a defense can play based on the way an offense plays. You know, I'll go back a couple weeks. I had the the Dolphins and the Texans and the Dolphins defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer, is talking about how he doesn't need to be so aggressive on defense because he's playing with an offense that can score 40 points a game, 30 to 40 points a game. And so what you call, what you do... Again, it's all like it's all connected. It's so all I know, I know Aditi, that you're you're absolutely right, and it is it is an unfair question. It's just you know one of these arguments that sports fans always sure. have. So yeah, let's, I mean let's, this is let's kind of like saying okay, let's compare Terry Bradshaw to Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, let's it doesn't work. Jim Brown it doesn't work now because now just, you're crossing it errors. Makes sense. But what about skill sets? Like I think as as seasoned professionals that we all are, we can with our eyes assess a player's skill set. I don't actually think it's close. And, no, no. Now, now, as I'm framing uh, yeah, this yeah, argument, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say, because now I'm trying to take all the fa- <laughs> all the weird factors out. Right. Mm-hmm. The fact that Deshaun hasn't had great talent around him. Well, that's what PFF does, Hopkins. essentially. Right. So, the skill sets themselves. And, and Russell, you know, Russell was an MVP candidate not that long ago. No, so He's never got set, an MVP vote. No, but he was a candidate. He was a candidate. I think everybody Being, knows that he yeah. was in the, in the, in the mix. So I think if you just assess it on just skill set, I probably would say I think Deshaun Watson's skill set is better than Russell's overall. But I don't think it's by a mile. Sure, I mean, I think that that's fair, right? I think that he's got a great touch pass, which he told us he learned from Matt Ryan when he was a ball boy back in Flowery Branch, right? He's got he's a great anticipation thrower. He can use his legs. All of these things, yes, but reading a defense is so much about playing quarterback 
So that's like a mental part, rallying your teammates around you, making the right reads, making the right calls, getting people that play next to you to play better. Like all of that goes into the evaluation of the position of quarterback. So Jay, while I respect your saying that it's only the physical, it's not only about the physical. If it was only about the physical, no, I didn't Ryan Leaf would I have been just skill as set. good as Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah no, I, right. I said skill set. And to me, the, certainly reading the defense is absolutely a tool in a quarterback's box that he needs to have. Now, I do think Russell Wilson is better at reading defenses, going through his progressions, finding his, finding the right read. I don't know about Deshaun Watson, and, and I'll do we know that? I'll ask how, you that. How would we know that? I'm just, I, I don't. I'm I, mean, not I, saying, I don't know that I've watched enough. No, I'm not stating yeah. it definitively. I'm just yeah. saying with my eyes. I've watched yeah. Russell Wilson for a very long time. And I do think that he understands defensive concepts. But again, and again, Russell Wilson's played with great talent and great coaching. Deshaun Watson hasn't. Yeah, I I don't know. Listen to what Jay just said. Jay just said that he's watched Russell Wilson for a very long time. We in the football space love youth. We love young rookies. We We love young people on TV. We love youth. But it's the very long time, the experience that matters so much, whether you're a a host or a reporter or an anchor like Jay who can go back to something he covered 10 years ago and create a connective tissue, or you're a quarterback who has seen every defense there is to see over the last 10 years. And I just feel like, look, Deshaun Watson played on Sunday like a guy who hasn't played in two years, which he hasn't. Tell us more about, give us more of your thoughts on how he played. Look, I had a conversation with Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton, who of course is the Texans offensive coordinator, came to Houston specifically because he thought he was coaching Deshaun Watson. I mean, talk about being snookered, right? He moves his whole family. He enrolls his quarterback son into a Texas high school. He does all of this because he thinks this is the guy that he's coaching. Didn't happen, but he very, very clearly remembered a conversation that he'd had with Deshaun Watson early on before everything blew up. And by blew up, I mean before he even wanted out of, before Deshaun said that he wanted out of Houston. Forget all of the charges and the allegations. But Pep said at that time, Deshaun Watson was very clearly a top five quarterback. But they had a conversation about getting over that hump to be the number one quarterback in the league. And what did that look like? And what was that conversation? I'll tell you, it was really, Pep was saying, you've got to learn how to take the check down. That part of being the greatest quarterback is knowing when you need to throw the ball away and live to see another down, or when you need to take the easy completion as opposed to giving everything up for the long, for the fireworks. Anyway, that was the conversation they had. They were talking about getting Deshaun to the level where he would be the number one or number two quarterback instead of the number five or number six. Well, now fast forward to where we are today. Forget getting to the elite level right now. Deshaun Watson needs to get back up to speed. I mean, I text me in the middle of the game on Sunday to say, so when's Kevin putting Jacoby Brissett back in? Because wow. that's how rusty Deshaun Watson was. Ooh, that's how off Deshaun Watson looked. To sit here and have the conversation about his physical skills right yeah. now, I think the conversation really is, how long is it going to take to well, get up to speed? Well, let me ask you, well, let me ask you this, Aditi, because wow. I, I said this in, in, in a morning conversation. I said that if you were to ask a coach right now, based on how much experience in him playing more than Deshaun Watson, I believe wholeheartedly that Jacoby Brissett would give you a better chance in the earlier weeks against the Bengals than Deshaun Watson. And it's right. not that I don't like Deshaun Watson. But you Deshaun still got to play him because you got to get him ready for that. I disagree. Gee, yeah. Lovey Smith said the same thing to us. In our production meeting, Lovey Smith is talking about how well Jacoby played, how well he played against Tampa Bay. And he said, you know what? I think we got lucky. 
He said, I think it would have been harder to face this guy, Brissette, who's playing lights out in Lovey's mind, mm -hmm. that it would be harder to face this guy, right. Brissette, that's what he said, than a guy who's been off for 700 days. Yep. Yeah, bring and he's Ross. right. I mean, look, the Browns needed two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown to win. If they if they play the same way on offense Sunday against the Bengals, awesome. they're losing by 40. Like, You're right. It's just, I, they've got to be better. You right. are right. But, they, I'll give but you there's that. no choice because you have, he's the better player. Right. You have to get him ready for, you know, if, if the, you know what, if the Browns were seven and four or eight and three, maybe you'd think differently. Sure. But you got to play him because you got to get him ready. Oh, he can play. Yes. Right? And I agree with you 100%, Adam. This is not a question right now of securing your seating in the playoffs. Right. You sure as heck are hoping that you can get into the playoffs. Sure. You sure as hell are hoping that Deshaun Watson can leave a, lead a 6-0 and finish to the season. Am I doing the math of that right? Four, six, ten. Yeah, yes. five games. Five games. Well, five left. Close yeah. out the season. Right, yeah. Right. Sure. Well, he had the first win, so yes. you can close. You hope that he closes out five and that 10 and seven backs you into the playoffs. But right now the Browns are thinking big picture and their future as they have tied it with that guaranteed contract is to Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So they need to get him ready. They cannot wait for the offseason right. to get him Aditi, ready. Speaking of five games, we were trying to figure out why the Browns have won five games against Cincinnati in a row, despite the fact that they are probably clearly the superior team over that length of time. Well, the Browns were better in 2020. Can you explain to us, though, how we somehow, do you think it's as, as I do? Sort okay, of nobody anomaly? played Week 17 last year, right? Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, everybody sat. I think Chase yeah. sat. But anyway, they all had COVID or they all sat or whatever the reason was. Mm -hmm. Nobody well, played Week 17. Chase played the first yeah. series to break the rookie yeah, record. The record. Just, and everybody else sat. Overall, why do you think okay. this happens, Aditi? I mean, I think it's a nice matchup. Right? Like, you could go through and you could say that each individual game has something going to it. Mm -hmm. The previous game last year, the one in Cincinnati, <coughs> that was the Odell Beckham Jr. drama week. But it was also the game opened with Denzel Ward having that 99-yard pick six. Nick Chubb had it. And that just, like, set the tone. If you remember that game, Joe Barrow marched right down the field, no issue. And then all of a sudden, Denzel Ward. And that changes the entire shape of the game. I mean, talk about buzzkill and momentum and all of that. And the crowd is taken out of the game immediately. We could go through and do that with all of the last, whatever, six games and say what it was. But I think in some ways, this is just, it's a nice matchup because the Browns can run the ball and they can keep the ball away from the Bengals. And that limits the Bengals explosiveness. I think that what the Browns can do up front with Miles Garrett and Clowney is a nice matchup against a Bengals line that historically has struggled and that is still sort of trying to prove that, you know, it's that and then some. The Browns' secondary has been a nice matchup when it's been healthy, and that, of course, is a question, has been a nice matchup for a Bengals team that has three great receivers. I mean, when you've got Greg Newsom, who is an elite talent playing inside, not everybody's, not everybody's slot corner plays like Greg Newsom does. So in some ways... It's, it's a nice, like, good on good, and that's where it sort of works. But I wouldn't bank on the fact that, oh, the Browns have historically had success against this team, meaning anything. It's I mean, like for a long time, Steelers historically had success I, I against that, the Bengals. I then, think it gets – I was saying before, Didi, I think it gets cemented if the Browns win this game because the difference to me now is you're right. In the trenches, the Browns have had the advantage. I no longer Correct. think they do. The Bengals' offensive line is significantly better than it's been right now. If you look at them over the last five, six, seven weeks, they're playing at worst like an average offensive line. 
which and that's all they need is an average offensive line with the skill position talent they have. They'll have Chase back. Plus, the Browns' offensive line is playing their worst football in three, four years right now. And so those advantages that the Browns have. They're the on trenches. their fifth string center. Can right, we at right. least address no, We that. understand right. there's reasons for it. The center the center has turned into a disaster because Pochich is playing great. And 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 Froholt or Hagendas as I call him, he can't play. <laughs> I think part of his private know, center is that he's not a to center. Call him that, but no, we, we he's can, not I, a that's anti Scandinavian. How admirable it is that he's even doing what he's doing right now. Let's the effort. But Wyatt Teller's that. not playing well right now. He must not be 100% Teller's right. Teller's not playing well. He's not playing well. He is a so, And they're not getting great tackle play. And the Bengals' defensive line is fully healthy right now. They didn't have DJ Reader, which is a big deal for their first matchup. For the so Monday night. That's yeah. going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, the Browns are going to have to have a massive game on the ground to win because the way you know I mean I, I think we'd all expect Watson to be better this week but I don't think anybody's expecting him to be the I great wonder, player. I wonder Bull and, and Aditi you can weigh in on this I wonder if in his mind Stefanski knew that Watson was going to be as bad as he was because and I'm just going off the top of my head I didn't even dive into the numbers it felt to me like this was one of the more run over pass games that the Browns have had yes. all year. Oh, yeah. well, in the, in the second, half, the second they, half, they had the lead. Yeah. They ran the ball 23 times, passed it eight times in the second yeah. half. Yeah, but Jay, so at Jay, least Stefanski made the adjustment. Yeah, no, 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 no. I said this in my hit on the NFL today at noon on Sunday that Kevin Stefanski needed to help Deshaun Watson with his play calling. Yeah. So what did that help mean? Relying on the run game and trying to get him easy completions to get him comfortable and confident again. Look, I'll just I'll tell you from my point of view, when I don't do a game for two weeks, I feel like I'm rusty sure. Tua who's arguably one of the top three quarterbacks in the league this past year. He missed two games because of the concussion, and he said he felt incredibly rusty on a Sunday night. It's just the nature. This guy has sat for two years. He has not seen a live rush in two years. He has not read a live defense in two years. I don't care what he was doing with some 30-year-old receivers for six weeks, seven weeks in Berea with his quarterbacks coach, Quincy Avery. It's not the same as being on the field and seeing a live rush and seeing a live defense. And all of that coming at you like this and having to make those decisions. So Kevin certainly was trying to help him. He was trying to get him more comfortable, get him more confident. I think that it helped Watson to be in Houston, a place where he's very, very familiar, where he still has a house up the road, where 18 of his family members were spending the weekend. I think, and I had this conversation with the great Jake Trotter, who, of course, writes for ESPN.com out of Cleveland this morning. He was writing about the booze, and I said to him, Jake, I got to be honest with you. Like, from the field, it really didn't seem any different than yeah. any other away team. Aditi, there I was saw that. You got to have a crowd chance. of people to boo. I saw that, and you know what it looked like to me, because I know this happens, and you know this happens. It almost sounds to me like that was this, and I, I don't know this, and I don't want to accuse Jake of being spoon-fed a, a story by his assignment desk, but I know, I've seen this before where writers are kind of told, this is the story that we're looking for. And they get there and they're like, yeah, but this isn't really the story, but this is the story we want. Because when I read that, I'm like, I didn't think the booze were a factor at all. And I, I just yeah. was like, why I'll is he writing you, about I, this? I'm not going to say that about Jake. I, no, I, 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 I will be very do that too, but I know that, that in I, the past I've seen it happen that way. Not no, 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 Jake, sure. But- and I did. I actually did ask Jake. I'm like, do you think that there was any like piped in noise up high, like up right. on the press box? Because 
my impression, and he very validly said, if you look at a lot of national writers, a lot of national writers kind of said the same thing. I think that Mike Jones in The Athletic was a little bit more sort of like, hey, people were apathetic and pretty tepid. And I'll tell you, I can only speak to my experience. I don't know what it sounded like from up in the press box right. or way in the stands. But on the field, I was on the field in Jacksonville. There was a Much lot worse. of noise in Jacksonville for a preseason game. Right. There was a lot of profane chanting. There were a lot of vulgarities. This past week, I talked to the league several times and my entire broadcast crew had multiple meetings. What are we going to do if there's profane signs? What if there are vulgarities? What if there is an unfurled banner? What if there is a streaker? What if there is a demonstration? I got all the rules on when the Texans security is allowed to take away signage, what all of that is. There was none of it, guys. I know. Nothing. That's why I'm surprised Jake wrote about it. I, I think the booze I didn't hear a single profane chant. Yeah. There was not one demonstration or protest that anybody came through. Tony Busby talked about making this a a stunt that he was going to be here with bells and whistles on, never saw anything. And I'll tell you this, I was looking. And were there booze? <laughs> yeah, there were booze. There were always booze for the opposing team. That's right. And quite yeah. frankly, it was a half-empty arena. There are fans there that just don't really care about the home team right now. There's a lot of apathy. I saw a lot, I of, Browns a lot of Browns fans. Left. Yeah. You know, you like it certainly wasn't like the Browns booing the Bengals in Cleveland or the Bengals booing the Steelers in no, Cincinnati or the Ravens booing somebody in Baltimore. Like it just felt right. like. I know they didn't yeah, show yeah. him on the broadcast, but did you see Tony Busby and his crew that he was supposed to bring there? I never saw him. They weren't there. Yeah, Were they not? Did you hear that they weren't there or did you just? He posted I don't know. Instagram I didn't, you know what, guys? Suite. I'll be honest. I didn't seek it out. I wasn't yeah. sure. interested in no, I just I wondered. If, I, I know they didn't focus on it. I just wondered if they, if that was a thing, and he was trying to get we attention. We didn't. We talked about it in the car on the way home. Our director never saw yeah, anything. Now, again, the cameras weren't scanning to find them. Oh, the cameras right. did find the box that Deshaun Watson's whole family was yeah. in. Oh, there was like that a number of times. There was a family reunion up there. Very obvious. Then they could have found him, but no one ever found him. Hmm. Busby did post on his Instagram that he was there, but that's the only sign anyone right. saw. Of him. Don't you think it's going to be a lot worse this week? Oh yeah, yes. right in Cincinnati. Yes. You know, and I had the, I actually had this conversation with the producer of the CBS number four crew who's doing that game, Jonathan Siegel and AJ Ross, the brilliant reporter who will be on the sideline. Both of them, I actually messaged with them this week, and I was like, I think it's going to be way more fireworks, yeah. way worse, way more no of question. everything that we kind of prepared for and worried about. I think they're going to see that in Cincinnati. It's a hated I, division I, I want Well, yes. I was just going to go to this. <laughs> I think there's an opportunity for this to develop <laughs> into a, a really heated rivalry. From my perspective, I've never been an, no animus against the Bengals. It's like... No, even, I did, though, but it was when Sam Weiss was yeah, there yeah. and he said, you don't live in but, Cleveland. Right. I've always hated but, them. But I found myself... Oh, because of that, right? A bunch of reasons. It, it, I hate Cincinnati, too, as a city. I've kind of found myself <laughs> watching the Bengals and being like, okay, they went, to the, they went to the Super Bowl and we want to go there. And then now, I, I agree with you guys, Deshaun Watson is probably going to get a very... Decent helping of booing and I'm wondering because the Browns I got a lot of friends that are Bengals friends like from that Columbus down and they aren't as friendly as they used to they, mm. they don't like losing friendly. friendly they don't like this losing I'm ordinary about the law I'm gonna admit look, look. <laughs> I'm gonna admit everybody knows I root for the Browns to win 15 games but I root for them to lose two games that's fair. I'm very ornery right now about this. yeah he's like I'm tired I'll of, admit I'm it tired I'm of tired of it. of it I bet you are I'm tired of this nonsense it's tough for you because you're working in Cleveland yeah 
And yeah. I, and I'm Cleveland. torn because from a professional, I, I do root for the Browns when they don't play the Bengals. And from a professional standpoint, it's better for us if the Browns win, sure. which was why it was always stupid to me if fans were like, you want the Browns to lose? I'm like, no, it's better for business if the Browns do win. Do you think maybe you're just a Cincinnati fan because you've never been to Cincinnati? Well, I don't have any. I'm not a Cincinnati fan. I'm a Bengals fan. I don't yeah, think yeah, I'm right. Right. Yeah, about the and, city. And, 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 to, I am a yeah, but you know what's so funny? Can we, can, but you yeah. know what's funny about this, guys? My son asks me all the time who I am yeah. a fan of. And he knows that when I was in New Jersey, I grew up a Giants fan. Right. But I'm always telling him that right now I'm a fan of me. Like, what's the best thing for me? What's the best storytelling? <laughs> I can do? Yeah. What's the best for my career? And mm-hmm. so, Adam, I think it's really funny that even at this point, yeah. your fandom is that strong. It because is. for me, the, the animosity for certain teams is stronger than the actual connective pull to the team. And what I mean by that is I grew up loving the New York Giants. That meant that I hated the Dallas Cowboys. And the well, Eagles and the Redskins. Right now, like, I really like Brian Dale, right? So, like, yeah. And I, I like Mara family, and I like Mr. Tish, and they were good to me. So, like, I want success for the Giants, sure, but, like, I don't really care. Like, if they okay. win or they lose, I don't really care. But watching the Cowboys, that animosity certainly still exists. <laughs> the Yankees. I grew up on the Yankees. Right now, I don't know if I could name four Yankees for you. I really don't think that I could. Okay. But the Red Sox, I still definitely have some animosity for the Red Sox. That's funny. I mean, I don't know. It's just right. to me, I never, way hated, I I never hated the Browns as a kid. Never. Because my dad had rooted for the Browns well, when he was young. Yeah, but I always hated the Steelers the and then I hated point, the Ravens. G. Bush was like, you know, it's never really been that thing for him. Yeah. And, and it, was it was in the 80s, in the 90s, 80s with and Bernie 90s, and Boomer. Was, yeah, but. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My dad always used to tell me that he hated the Bengals because he loved Paul Brown. Right. Yeah, that, he that, yeah. loved Everybody. Paul Every, Brown. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's a lot of and people like that. he just thought that... The, the, Football started and ended with Paul Brown. Right. And the fact that Art Modell fired him and right. he went to Cincinnati and started a team, as much as my dad always loved Paul Brown, yeah. he hated the Bengals' existence because it was a constant reminder that he's only there because Art Modell was an idiot. Right. And yeah, so, but Jay, yes. why should Paul Brown suffer for that? If anything, no, no. your dad should have moved over to the Paul Brown team. That's because what I he asked. No. By the Cleveland team. You ask a logical question, Aditi. And I asked my That's dad. That's what my dad did. Seriously, I said, yeah. got wronged by well, Cleveland. Why stay loyal to Cleveland well, in I'll, that scenario? I'll give, you, I'll give you his answer because I said, Dad, why aren't we Bengals fans then? Yeah. It seems right. like <laughs> you would have said – Enough is enough. And he said, he said, there's two reasons. I'll give you the biggest reason second. The first reason is I have to watch my team. And I can only watch the Browns. Now, this was before Mm -hmm. satellites in every game. He said, so I can't root for a team that I can't watch. And back then, you found out who won when you got the paper on Monday. Mm -hmm. It was weird. It was a different time. It was hard. It was a different time. Even when I was a kid, I didn't have. But then my dad, and this really speaks, I I, I miss my dad so much. And he taught me a lot of things about about relationships and how you treat people and, and what they mean. 
But this was the second reason, and this was the biggest reason. He said, I'm loyal to my city. I'm cheering for the name on the front, not the name on the back. And unfortunately, Paul Brown was on, it was the Browns, for crying out loud. He said, it was very difficult for me to separate my fandom and my love of the game from Paul Brown, especially because he went to a a team in our division that now had to be my enemy. But I root for my city. I root for my, my team. I always felt sad as a kid, a little bit. I was, you know, my dad made me a diehard Cubs and Bengals fan, but I always felt sad that I didn't root for any New York teams. I was like, because I didn't you, have that how camaraderie. Did you guys do it like for when it came to watching. I barely ever watched them, to be honest. But and isn't I, that odd? It's that so, you... it's completely odd. Yeah, see, that, I, it was my dad so just weird. Couldn't do it. My it was dad. so weird being. I totally understand where your dad comes from. That makes complete sense. I, it was so odd as a kid. I only, I very rarely watched either team play. How would you find out when the Bengals won? Because the ten minute ticker came around in the late eighties, which I loved. Right. I, every ten minutes they would yeah. put scores. I mean, we get the scores on like the news station. <laughs> yeah, isn't that when crazy? I was a young kid. You got like call a cousin who lives near that town. Or sports line. Right. <laughs> sports yeah. line. CBS Sports Phone. What a crazy but, time. These kids so today weird. are so yeah. spoiled. But you're right. I think that Aditi brought it up. We are more motivated by our resentment sometimes. Yeah. And our, oh, it's, yeah. it's a stronger memory. Right. I mean, there's a, reason right why po- there's a reason why political ads lean on that so heavily. There's psychological evidence behind that. that. They never neg- say the good things about their guys. It's always the negativity, bad things about Negativity guys. sticks I'm, with right. us more. I'm going to yeah. be honest, though. It, it, the, the common thread is I know there's black, white, Republican, conservative. If the Browns win a Super Bowl, there will be thousands of grown-ass men crying yes oh yeah <laughs> literally like before like yeah. crying hard they I were crying for there. the cats i, was I cried there. i saw it with the cats i was there in cleveland when they beat the steelers to get that playoff berth this right. was the COVID year and there were people crying in the stands yeah i mean I cried that was just too. to get into the playoffs yeah, forget right. winning the whole thing yeah but just getting in and people were crying yeah, it means a lot. I cried once this year just yeah. watching Nick Chubb run in a regular game. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I literally just cried. I will say that, you know, Paul, just speaking random of Nick, he is beautiful. He is beautiful. I will say, my favorite videos, the ones that I watch over and over, are like the team flying home to Buffalo in the middle of a snowstorm, and at 3 a.m., there are all these people at oh, the airport. Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. It's like yep. that, to yeah. me, means so much. Yeah, call I me when Josh this, Allen I, gets to the Super Bowl. God. Uh, Hey, go ahead, Mikey. Speaking of Nick Chubb, Aditi, you tweeted this out this morning. I was hoping you could uh, yeah. give us a little more info on it, but take tag board full. This is a fun story. You didn't get to share with us on the broadcast about one Nicholas Chubb. Apparently, he's Jerry Juice's fantasy running back. Hughes, Hughes. That's what I said, Hughes. Oh. That's what I said. All I right. Said, I thought he said something else. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I could read. <laughs> Questionable. But Chubb is Jerry Hughes' fantasy running back, and he sat him in the because it wasn't the playoffs, and uh, – do you ever come across this more often, Aditi, that players are playing against the other players they have in fantasy? And what is that uh, interaction like? That is weird that you know, active I, players have a fantasy team. Oh, my God. So many of them play. Don't you remember, there, was a, there was a game, actually, where Melissa Stark had this Sunday night report on Austin Eckler, who plays in, like, six or seven leagues. And he was talking about how he, you know, doesn't have himself in every one of the leagues. But and he, he traded trade up to for himself, get himself didn't he? in one league. Yeah. And he was already taken. So he had to settle for Derek. He had to settle for Derek Henry. <laughs> I just remember, I generally don't talk fantasy football with players because I remember, gosh, 10, 11 years ago, I was in the Giants <laughs> locker room. Must be 11 12 years ago, maybe I'm in the Giants locker room and um, someone at a bull, you know, Anita Marks, right? Of course. I know Anita. 
Okay. I'm, I yeah. made her career for crying out loud. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the wonderful Anita Marks, before Bull made her career, or maybe <laughs> while yeah. Bull was making her career. She was, was I was driving her to work for, for crying out loud, Aditi. Okay. okay. Give okay. him Let credit for that story. woman's we were career. Doing shows together on the fan in New York. She had no car. I would go pick her up. I could go right, further and further, but I'll leave it be because I like her. So go ahead. Yes, I love she played women's Anita professional Marks. football, by the way. She did. The brilliant Anita Marks, who mm. taught me about fantasy football, frankly, she went up to Steve Smith, the wide receiver, oh. not Steve Smith of Panthers and Ravens fame, but the other Steve Smith, one oh. day, okay. and says to him, oh, I have you on my fantasy team. And he was like, basically, so what? but not in that nice of a way. <laughs> and a it was just one of those like, okay, these guys don't really love the idea that people are so tied to what their production is and putting that sort of pressure and football players are supposed to win. Who cares about how many touchdowns or how many PPR points they get yeah. or whatever. They do hate and that so, part of it. Yeah, so ever since then, I've sort of like kept away from that. I don't like that. Um, last year was the first time that I actually played, drafted my own team. Josh Allen and Joe Burrow were my quarterbacks, and Joe Mixon was my running back. And I remember telling Joe Mixon, I'm like, so I hate fantasy football. And he goes, yeah, me too. And I was like, oh, well, but you're my running back. <laughs> so anyway, I just didn't really, you know, like I kind of stay away from that. Yeah. This came up because we were talking. I was just talking to him about fate. We were talking about the Texans. We were talking about rebuilding a young team. What are good signs, et cetera. Then we were talking about the matchup. Obviously, when you talk to an opponent of the Browns, you talk about the run game. And I was like, yeah, okay, so Nick Chubb. And he goes, I love him. And he's just like, he is... And then everything that you'd want to rip off, he says about him. And then he happens to tag on. He's my fantasy running back. And I was that's like, great. what? Really? No, that's a cool so sidebar story. Why are you playing him this week? And he goes, no, I can't. He's like, <laughs> I great. have to sit him. I mean, I have to shut him down. Yeah. And then he says, thank goodness it's not the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't how, have a great fantasy he, game. How did CBS not find time to fit that into the broadcast? I know. It's a great story. You know, it's funny because we were talking about it beforehand and Spiro, our play-by-play guy, was like, we've got to get that in. We've got to get that in. It's but, fantastic. You know, the game. Guys, it was hard. You, we all talked about this last week. You know, it, a regular game, you try to find some levity. You put the joy in your voice. Even something as simple as the post-game interview, you smile at the player that you're talking to. This was just a very, very different flavor tone to a game because of everything else mm. attached to it. Yeah. And even when we were telling, you know, important stories about Kevin Stefanski's initial pitch to Deshaun Watson, you sort of felt like you had to qualify it. Okay, once the grand jury delivered no right. indictment and once the Browns decided they're all in, then Kevin Stefanski had this meeting. You can't just sit here, you know, the week before, you could say, well, Mike McDaniel and Tua had this meeting where Mike McDaniel showed him. I wanted to be like, well, Kevin, Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson had this meeting where Kevin Stefanski showed him, but it just wasn't the game to do that. And mm -hmm. so I think we just didn't have an opportunity. And also, yeah. quite frankly, it was an ugly game. Like, there was never yeah. a moment where no. Chubb and Hughes were on each other where no, you got right. to be like, oh, perfect moment to tell this story. Yeah, right. but it is, it is a great story. Uh, it really is. Aditi, you're awesome. Um, I know you, were, you had all this anxiety last week about, oh, this is a huge yeah. game and yeah. this is a lot you could – you were you – Freaking awesome, as, as always. You always are, and I thought I thought the tone was perfect. I love Spiro and Jay, as you know. I know Jay well. I interviewed Spiro like in 2004. He was named by our Cold Pizza Show 
top five young broadcasters to watch. And, and I interviewed him. He'll never remember it, but uh, I'm going to text him right now, Jay. <laughs> I've loved him ever since then. I think he's a phenomenal talent. And one day he'll be the Joe Buck of CBS. I, I firmly believe that he's good. He'll he, take the mantle he, from Jim Nance. It's terrific. And he's a better human. He really, really, I, truly, I will say that. I am very that lucky. Everybody I've one of my CBS neighbors knows him person. weirdly. Yeah. Like literally one of my neighbors, I'm walking the dog and he said, ask me if I know Spiro. And I go, I met him. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, it's my wife's cousin or something like that. Mm. So tell him I said hi. Great job, though. All I right, really lady. wanted to tell you that because I know you were anxious about it. I was just, every yeah, time you came it. on, I had a huge smile on my face. Our whole house gets quiet you when you come on. I'm like, everyone shut up. That's my friend. <laughs> Aditi's on. Everybody shut up. All right, thank you, Aditi. Aditi. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Have fun. See you Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.